I'm Dave DeWitt. This is Tested from WUNC, a look at what the day's challenges tell us about where we are, what we believe, and who we want to be in North Carolina and the South. Today, decoding the dashboards. In the movie Apollo 13, right after Tom Hanks utters the famous Houston, we have a problem line, there's another line that burrowed into a permanent place in my head. The scene is of a chaotic mission control when everything on the spacecraft appears to be failing at once, and the engineers are trying to get a handle on what's going on. One at a time, people. One at a time. One at a time. Ecom, is this an instrumentation problem, or are we looking at real power loss here? It's, it's reading a quadruple failure. That can't happen. It's, it's got to be instrumentation. Let's get that hat of course, it wasn't instrumentation, and the Apollo 13 had a real problem. As we watch COVID cases rise on college and university campuses across North Carolina, I find myself reliving this scene. Every school on some level has created a COVID dashboard to track cases. They all seem to collect, track, and present different data and terminology. So is what we're seeing a possible outbreak or an instrumentation problem? Some of them update only once a week. Some of them update daily. They group the cases differently, so they might put staff and employees together or separate them out. Some of them will tell you where there are clusters or outbreaks, and some really don't have any of that geographic information. My name is Liz Schlemmer, and I cover education for WUNC, and I've been looking into the trends with COVID-19 cases at colleges and universities and going through all of their dashboards once a week to see their latest cases. Liz, there's a wide range of different types of colleges and universities across the state. But one thing that's similar is the responsibility a university has to record and track these cases, and that speaks to the larger responsibility these colleges and universities might have to their students and their students' families. Yeah, I've asked a couple of administrators, you know, what responsibility do you have right now? And one insightful answer came from Chancellor Randy Woodson at NC State, who said, you know, usually I would tell you our first responsibility is to educate our students. But right now, his first answer is health and safety, because, you know, there is a risk to health and safety. I also asked Dr. Mandy Cohen, the Secretary of Health and Human Services for North Carolina, like, what do you think universities should be telling us about these cases? Um, And she said, you know, at the very least, sort of how many cases are there currently and, and how many tests are being given. And many universities do that. But when you talk to students and faculty and parents, they're saying, like, we'd really like to know more about where they are and how trends are changing. Some schools are getting better at that. Their dashboards are kind of evolving and they're starting to give you more like bar graphs that you can sort of see the change over time, much like you would if you looked at the state's dashboard. One place that seems to be doing it pretty well right now, and we should (laughs) highlight right now uh, because these things can change pretty quickly, is Duke University. Uh, Over the weekend, they sent out an update saying they'd done more than 6,800 tests between August 29th and September 4th. And they just had six individuals test positive. Duke has done some things right, uh, it appears. And it looks like their communication has been 
pretty solid, at least with students. What are they doing that's right, and, and at least to this point? Duke is doing really large-scale testing. They tested all the students before they returned to campus, if they were returning. And they're also doing surveillance testing, um, random representative sampling to check and try to catch cases of, of people who are asymptomatic. I asked their spokesperson, um, Michael Schoenfeld, about you know what is the responsibility of the university to his students, and this is what he had to say. I think it is not a one-way responsibility. I think it is a bilateral responsibility. If it's only focused on misbehaving students to the exclusion of everything else, then it will almost certainly fail because that absolves everybody else of responsibility. He's referencing the fact that some universities, when they've had to switch gears and move undergraduate classes online, there is some blaming of of students who aren't following the rules. So he kind of speaks to this idea that it's it's the responsibility of both the students, but the administration, the university has a responsibility too. And those universities and colleges take uh, that communication with students about it being on them in different ways. I have a son who's a freshman uh, at a college in North Carolina, and the, uh, the school certainly did a tremendous job of, of explaining to him what the stakes were. You have other schools that do it a little bit differently and have made no efforts really at all. Um, High Point University in the triad didn't do a whole lot with de-densifying their dorms. The only thing that one of their spokespeople said to me was that they, uh, instead of putting one person in doubles, for example, like some schools have done, they decided that they'd make sure that the beds were six feet apart. And they have recently seen a bit of a spike in some of their cases. You have also talked, you mentioned with Randy Woodson, the chancellor at NC State, about testing and tracking. And what did he have to say about what's worked so far and what advice does he have for other universities? Yeah, I asked him, despite this change of plans at NC State that they sent all their undergraduate homes, like, what do you feel worked well? And he said, actually, a lot. I think classroom instruction went well. I think our research labs have gone well. We've been up and doing research graduate education within the labs uh, since June, the first week of June. And we've not had a single case of community spread in any of those spaces. He goes on to say that they've had very few or relatively few cases among staff and faculty. They've had about 35 cases among staff and faculty versus 800 some among their students. So I think the sense here is that these basic functions of going to class haven't been the source of cases, that it's really been spread in residential housing and off campus. And that was what was hard for them to control that really got away from them and spiraled into cases that were rising rapidly. His top advice was for other universities to invest in surveillance testing. NC State University has been doing a lot of widespread surveillance testing, both sort of contact tracing, testing people who may have been exposed. He said when they had residence halls that had a number of cases, they started surveillance testing the whole residence hall. 
as well as having sort of random representative sample testing. He said they did this because their faculty are statisticians and mathematicians, and they really stress the importance of this. And he said they've invested more than a million dollars in surveillance testing. And he felt that it was very important in catching cases early and catching asymptomatic cases and being able to contain those cases very quickly. It wasn't enough. Things still got away from them. But that was his top advice for other universities, that if if you're going to do any kind of prevention, it requires testing. So, Liz, there are 17 campuses in the UNC system, and many of them report on COVID metrics differently. And some of that is because there isn't a lot, like the, the, the federal government, for example, didn't set rules on what universities or anyone else has to do in terms of reporting. So every campus is having to devise these things by themselves, including the plans, how they report the cases and things like that. And I'm wondering, as you've looked at all of these COVID dashboards across the state, do you get a sense of what campus might be next compared, you know, UNC Chapel Hill, we mentioned NC State. What do we know about the tolerance levels and who might be next? Well, Appalachian State University has the next highest cumulative case count, but they don't necessarily have a a really high recent active case count. I can say UNC Wilmington has had rising cases over the past week. Their student newspaper just reported that there might be a change soon to move students from double occupancy dorms to single occupancy. I mean, that would be a major policy change. And UNC Pembroke has also had pretty high uh, number of cases for their student population. So those are the three that I'm watching. But we also know that things can change very quickly. And in terms of tolerance levels, uh, if you look at the three schools that have moved to online instruction, uh, UNC Chapel Hill, NC State, and East Carolina University, they all had a couple hundred cases in a single week, really rapid spread, and at least UNC Chapel Hill for sure was pushing the limits of their quarantine and isolation capacity. So that's isolation is students who have tested positive. Quarantine is anyone who's been in contact with someone who's tested positive, and that can balloon very quickly. Well, and what's interesting about that is looking and, and, and keeping a close eye on these COVID dashboards may not help in that instance because it goes from looking pretty good, pretty good, pretty good to all of a sudden just an explosion within a couple of days. Absolutely. And I heard that from students at UNC Chapel Hill that because at the time their dashboard was only updating once a week, they said all of a sudden there was this update. Everyone, you know, was shocked at how many cases there were. And then suddenly plans changed, you know, overnight. And it, it seemed to happen so fast because not everyone knew how many cases there had been over the past week. Liz Schlemmer is an education reporter at WUNC. Liz is going to keep following the number of COVID cases on campuses across North Carolina. You can find her updates on the WUNC website, on the radio, and on Twitter at lschlemmer underscore WUNC. That's it for this episode of Tested. I'm Dave DeWitt. Charlie Shelton-Dormand is our producer. Lindsay Foster-Thomas is the executive producer. Thanks for listening.